Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. 2 Kings 16, because i got a lot, of, lot to cover. Verse 1. In the seventeenth year of Pekah, the son of Remaliah, Ahaz, the son of Jotham, king of Judah, began to reign. Ahaz was twenty years old when he became king, and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem, and he did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord his God, as his father David had done. Something I realized as I was reading this week, The Bible is always reminding you about as David did, as David did, as David did. You know why? Because David is the one he made the covenant with. The Lord God is trying to remind you repeatedly, when I keep a covenant or when I make a covenant, I keep that covenant. So all through the kings, as David had done, as David had done, as David had done, we keep seeing it over and over. The Lord God is trying to remind you of covenant promise. Okay, when you get under covenant promise with Messiah Jesus, you're saved, you're saved. That's not a sin license to go sin like an idiot. Okay, do not take me for that. Everybody tries to pin that one on me. But when God makes a covenant, he keeps it. Okay, so he said, as his father David had done. Verse three, but he walked in the way of the kings of Israel. Indeed, he made his son pass through the fire according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out from before the children of Israel. And he sacrificed and burned incense on the high places, on the hills, and under every green tree. Okay, so as far as we've been reading so far uh, in the book, the kings of Judah had always been good kings who had been compared with David as, as the standard. Somehow or another, Ahaz got influenced to act wickedly like the kings of Israel had doing. Series of good kings, all of a sudden Ahaz, he's, gonna, he's not going to go that way. He's going to do wrong, do wickedly. So there where it says that he caused his son to pass through the fire, what this means is that Ahaz burned his own son as an offering to an idol. Sick puppy. And Ahaz apparently got this idea from the Canaanite nations. Now, if you recall back to the book of Joshua, the Lord commanded Joshua to go in and annihilate and cast the Canaanites out of the promised land because the Israelites were going to come in to take possession of it. And so Ahaz was acting like these Canaanites, which means, and if you read back, Joshua was unable to get all of the Canaanites out of the land. And so there was still an influence there that got into Ahaz. And so there are some false idol sacrifice places that were around that the author uh, of the text said that Ahaz practically had a worship location under every tree. I mean, you couldn't literally do that, but he was probably exaggerating under every green tree. This guy was sacrificing and praising Canaanite idols that should have been gone from this land all over the place. 
So after such a long string of good kings of Judah, now there's a bad king on the throne. And that's why we read in chapter 15, if you remember one chapter ago, it said that the Lord began to send King Reason, king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Ramelia, against Judah. The Lord already started moving against them because Ahaz had come in wickedly. 2 Kings 16, 5. Then Reason, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Ramelia, the son of Israel, came up to Jerusalem to make war. And they besieged Ahaz, but could not overcome him. At that time, Reason, king of Syria, captured Elath for Syria and drove the men of Judah from Elath. Then the Edomites went to Elath and dwell there to this day. Now, it's very unique. I didn't put it in my notes. I'm just kind of hitting it as I go across it. That they attacked Judah, but they couldn't overcome them. Now, if they had overcome Judah, they would have wiped Judah out. Why do you think they couldn't wipe Judah out? Because there's covenant there. David's covenant is there. Is Judah acting wrong? Yes. Is this a, oh, I'm under covenant. I can sin all I want to. No, because they're having trouble. Nevertheless, the Lord is keeping his covenant. He did not let them overtake Judah. I just want to parallel that to you that if you're under covenant, don't start thinking for a minute you get to do whatever you want and act like the devil. The Lord may send you opposition to make your life absolutely miserable. But it's not going to invalidate the covenant, okay? You see it right here when they could not overcome Ahaz, even though Ahaz was a bad guy. Now, historically speaking, uh, Reason and Pekah, they wanted Ahaz to join them to fight against Assyria, but Ahaz didn't want any part of it, so they attacked him. It's like, you're not going to join us? Okay, we'll fight you too. (laughs) That was their reasoning. The Lord's reasoning was because Ahaz was wicked, So they came in an attack, and they were thinking maybe they would force Ahaz to join their alliance, but they weren't successful at it. So since they couldn't take Ahaz, reason instead, I can't take Ahaz, so I'm going to go take the city of Elath that we just read about, which was a port town. And as you understand, a port town is vital to a city's economy. That's where their trade comes in and out. That's where the goods come and go. Not only that, but I want you to remember that we read about the city of Elath in chapter 14, which is the same city that Azariah had built for Judah back when God was restoring. Remember when God restored back to Judah, he gave them a port town of Elath, but now they already lost Elath and its shipping port because of knucklehead Ahaz. Ahaz is being a wicked guy. You were blessed with the port city. You come in acting like that, well, I'll take your port city away. Let's see how you like that. Again, under covenant, yes. But if you say, well, I'm under covenant and I get to sin all I want to, the Lord God may take a lot of your blessing and your provision away from you to get you to snap out of it and come back to him. Covenant never means you can sin all you want to. I think that is probably the single biggest theological debate that people bring to me that hear me in this church is that I preach a sin license that sealed salvation means you just get saved and you can do whatever you want to. I in no way, shape, or form ever say that. I do say that covenant is sealed if you genuinely have it. But if you do, do go on, on acting like a knucklehead, see what the Lord can take away from you. Okay? It's played out here again. Now there where we read that it says the Edomites went to live there at that port city. Okay? The Edomites got it. It was taken away. Now the Edomites live there. 
Judah was never able to take that port city back ever again. So they tried to get Ahaz to join their alliance, and he would not budge, so they took his port town away and gave it to the Edomites. Now I'm going to take you another layer back. If you've been following me and staying with the, the course work that we've been doing here, you've got to remember in the previous chapter 15, you remember King Amaziah? He went, thought he was all awesome, and he went and attacked a certain people group. Who was that that he attacked? The Edomites the king of Judah, he attacked the Edomites. And now that the Lord had to judge Judah for their wickedness, who got the port town? The Edomites. I saw that and went, boom, Edomites. I remember those guys. Look at this. You know, you have, oh, I got all this blessing from the Lord. Yes. Thank you, Lord. I'm walking in covenant. Yay. I'm going to go sin like the devil now because I'm under covenant. He has to save me and you start walking in wickedness, he may take away the blessing he gave you and give it to somebody that is now against you. Watch out. Is there anybody in here that's going to leave today thinking that I ever once said that sealed salvation means you can sin all you want? Because if you think so, let's get it over with now. Let's just hash it out, (laughs) okay? (laughs) So that means everybody's perfect with that, right? Okay, moving on. So they gave them to the Edomites. You also remember Amaziah then went and challenged Israel to a fight and he lost. So he also got defeated in that way. So let's consider that the kingdom of Judah had brutally attacked the Edomite people in the past. Remember, they were throwing them off cliffs just for the fun of it, just because he just wanted to have entertainment. Uh, But now that Judah had their port town taken away from them, whose control it was handed to the Edomites, the very people that they once tried to control now had control over them. Don't mess with the Lord. He'll get you back. He has a way of doing it. So they kind of reaped what they sowed on this one. So let's see how this political game of chess now plays out because one day we're in control, now you're not, now it's flipped the other way. Now, what I'm calling this message today is called uh, rejected of royalty. You probably see it on your bulletin there, rejected of royalty, because we're going to see what happens when you misuse the blessing and position and power that God has given you. Watch what happens to Ahaz. 2 Kings 16, 7. So Ahaz sent messengers to Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, saying, I am your servant and your son. Come up and save me from the hand of the king of Syria and from the hand of the king of Israel who rise up against me. And Ahaz took the silver and gold that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasuries of the king's house, and sent it as a present to the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria heeded him, for the king of Assyria went up against Damascus and took it, carried its people captive to care, and killed reason. So that king's gone. (laughs) Uh, You know, guys, when I read this, I think to myself, King David would have never done this. He would have fought. (laughs) He'd have never bought him off like this guy tried to do. But now how many times have we seen a king try to go and use the furnishings of the house of the Lord to buy help from man rather than consult with the Lord God for help? That's what he did. He tried to buy him off and asked him for help. Can you help me with this other problem, these other guys over here? And he used what was in the house of the Lord. He did not consult with the Lord his God. Something I always cash in on when I see things like this is always consult with the Lord your God. If I have a headache, 
before I put in all the effort to get up, walk to the medicine cabinet, take the pills down, pop an aspirin in my mouth, chase it with water, and sit back down before I do all that work, I consult with the Lord God. I'm not saying medication's wicked. Don't run off on me here. I'm saying, do you consult with the Lord your God? First, there's been times I had a headache. Lord God, I have a headache. And it went away before I could even make it to the medicine cabinet. Just a good way to live. This guy did not consult with the Lord God. He asked man for help, and he used what was for the Lord to pay him off to buy it. Terrible. So, Ahaz certainly did not use faith here in this situation when he could have, when he should have. Now, I'm thinking about when King Pool, you remember him, he came to attack Menahem. I'm reaching back a few chapters. He came after to uh, attack Menahem, the king of Israel. And do you remember how Menahem dealt with that? Do you remember what he did? Menahem exacted money from the people of Israel, it said. He made people cough up all this money to pay him off. Uh, they paid him off 10 talents of si- silver, and King Pool said, okay, thanks, and he left. So now here's King Ahaz, not king of Israel, but he's the king of Judah. Now remember, as we read in verse 3, it says that he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. It means he started acting like them. What did he do that like Menahem did? He tried a buyout strategy. Rather than say, no, we're not doing this. We're not going to join you in a fight. We're not going to fall down to your aggression. We're going to stay here, and you're not going to push us over because we are under covenant law. We are under covenant promise of the Lord God of Israel. And that's the way Christians need to stand, too. We, we, uh, I think we sang in here, I won't be moved. You know, he upholds the righteous. He keeps them steady. When somebody comes trying to push you off, you say, no, I'm standing in the power of God. You don't go run to your money and try to throw bills at them and pay them off or some other kind of, some other blessing God gave you and you intended for you to use it for some particular purpose. You do not take that blessing to pay off the aggressors. You stand there and say, no, I'm not moving. I've had people tell me, Ray, you need to shut down the church. You, need to, you, you can't be a pastor. And I said, I'm not moving. I have had it a bunch of times. And I tell them, no, I'm called to this. So Menahem, he did evil. Ahaz did evil. But whenever they were confronted with a hostile enemy, what Ahaz did, like the kings of Israel, like it said, he resorted to the same buyout strategy that Menahem had used. So yes, verse 3 is quite correct when it says that Ahaz walked in the ways of the kings of Israel because he's acting just like them. Second Kings 16 and 10. Now King Ahaz went to Damascus. Oh, check this out. Went to Damascus to meet Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, and saw an altar that was in, at Damascus, and King Ahaz sent to Urijah the priest the design of the altar and its pattern according to all its workmanship. Then Urijah the priest built an altar according to all that King Ahaz had sent from Damascus. So Urijah the priest made it before King Ahaz came back from Damascus. And when the king came back from Damascus, the king saw the altar. And the king approached the altar and made offerings on it. So he burned his burnt offering and his grain offering, and he poured his drink offering and sprinkled the blood of his peace offerings on the altar. He also brought the bronze altar, which was before the Lord, from the front of the temple 
from between the new altar and the house of the Lord and put it on the north side of the new altar. Oh, and when I read this, it just, oh my God of Israel. He's moving stuff around. Look at this. You can just get a sense of how bad Judah's apostasy had become by how fast even the priest Uriah said, yeah, I'll build it. Hey, I found this other altar in Damascus. Let's build one like it. Okay. And that was the priest. The priest just said, no, we can't do this. Remember the king that went into the temple and the priest ran in? You can't be in here. This is for priests to do. You need to get out, king. Remember that? Now you got this priest. Yeah, okay, I'll build it. Guys, something's off. Something's bad, wrong. So they built this false altar and Uriah was fast to build it. Ahaz came back. He had the, the Lord's altar moved aside. Put the false one here. Bam. Perfect place. And that one of the Lord, get it, move, it, move it that way. Get it out of here. Terrible. He wanted this new altar to become the new place of worship. And that's the American church right now. We have a new way to worship. We got this smoke and we've got excitement and pizzazz and, and fluff and lots of instruments and, and atmosphere and hype and false fire. Move that, old, move that Lord's altar over. We got a new one that we're more excited about. Ooh, gosh. Hang on. So he comes to this new altar, false one, new place of worship, the new place of priority. And then he offered the traditional offerings of Judah on the new altar, which means he's trying to look like he's doing right, but it's not the right altar. I've been in churches where they're doing all this hype, fancy stuff. I've been to a church that had a pirate ship with cannons, and the kids were like, oh, and it was theatrics. And they were trying to praise God through this stuff. And it's just nuts. But everybody's all excited about it. But, oh, but, but it's praise, so there's enough to make it look like we're doing right. So here he came, and he did the traditional Ju- offerings of Judah on this new altar. You saw the offerings he put on. Hey, yeah, it's a new altar, but look, we're still doing it. I'm trying to draw you some parallels, guys, of what's going on out there. It's bad. So what you have here is a king. He moved the true worship of God to the back burner while trying to maintain an image that looked like he was doing the proper things that God wanted. And now everybody will respect that, and that means everybody will do it. Now nobody's worshiping at the true altar the way God wanted it. Did you realize that what we did here from a video on a projector was worship? We don't have a 10, 15-piece band up here. It's still worship, guys. We're not going to hype you. I'm not a performer. I'm not theatrics. I don't have ramps and motorcycle guys jumping and stuff and parachutists and all that kind of stuff. I don't have all that. I'm not going to have it. I'm going to leave the worship between you and God and you put it on that altar where it's supposed to be. I'm not going to move God's altar over at all. So traditional offerings, hey, I must look right. So you got this true worship on the back burner and he's doing what looks like it's right. When in reality, he actually despised the Lord God over false gods. This is a guy that burned his own son, the Canaanite way. And he's at this altar around the temple trying to make it look right. He's acting like the devil on one hand, but he's trying to look right on the other. He's kind of trying to play both sides of the fence. You can't do that as a Christian, friends. You've got to pick one side, get on it, and stay there. 
2 Kings 16, 15. Then King Ahaz commanded Uriah the priest, saying, On the great new altar, burn the morning burnt offering, the evening grain offering, the king's burnt sacrifice, and his grain offering, with the burnt offering of all the people of the land, their grain offering, and their drink offerings, and sprinkle on it all the blood of the burnt offering and all the blood of the sacrifice. And the bronze altar shall be for me to inquire by. Thus did Urijah the priest according to all that King Ahaz commanded. Okay, the bronze altar where it's really supposed to go down, that's for me. I'm the king. I will go up there and do that. Church, let me tell you something. I'm the pastor. You don't understand what's going on here. I will facilitate all that for you. Okay? You don't need a mediator. You have me. If I really meant that, you'd leave. You should. There's pastors do that. They keep their people stupid. They don't go through the book. They don't go line by line. They keep you just dumb enough to need them. And he says, yeah, that bronze altar, that, that's for me to inquire by. I will ask the Lord what goes down. And he's looking the part, right? Uh, and then I'll tell you what we got to do. This is a man that burned his own son like a Canaanite. I will speak to the Lord for you. <sighs> How bad of a society did this have to get? Good night. So at first, he did his own offerings on the false altar, but then he gave orders for all the nation's regular offerings to be made on the false altar also. What Ahaz just did here was hijack the Lord's system of worship the way the Lord wants it. He took it and he twisted it and morphed it and perverted it into something else else that it's not supposed to be and by the way he also used the lord's temple gear to implement it what was dedicated to the lord he used it to do false worship i hate seeing churches out there using what's supposed to belong to the lord for false worship it's terrible slap in the face i want us to get an idea what ahaz did to change the lord's temple equipment that was used for sacrifices we got a temple picture here that's a main layout of the temple you see the cut out of the temple uh, in the upper right, you see the bronze altar. That's the temple. It's the way Solomon had built it according to the Lord's instructions. The Lord says, that's the way I want it built. And so he did it exactly to that. The bronze altar that Ahaz moved, verse uh, 14 says, Ahaz moved the bronze altar from the front of the temple so that his new false altar would take priority. And then you can see what's called the sea. They called it the sea because it was a very large raised up water tank it kind of was used like a water tower they put had a lot of water in that thing and then there were some carts that were all around the side of the temple now when it was sacrifice time people would always bring their very best sacrifice animals to be slaughtered we read in i think it was solomon's day they were slaughtering tens of thousands of animals i mean it was big slaughter day it was big sacrifice day there's a lot of priests these priests knew how to use knives they knew how to butcher and cut and they had it was bloody bloody mess sacrifice is a bloody mess jesus christ's sacrifice was a bloody mess the priests are going to be all around the temple. They were preparing hundreds, if not thousands, of animals for sacrificing them on the Lord's altar. And that is a picture of our sin being put on a sacrifice to be condemned. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.